Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show It's the last show of the year What a year it's been It's like I'm just playing I don't remember half of it <laughs> If I'm being honest with y'all man This year has been a blur I mean since COVID happened like it's all just been one big mess, right? I'm seeing all these year-end wrap-up uh, videos on YouTube, like best movies, worst movies, you know, best basketball shoes, you know, all stuff like that. Best list. It's that time of year, right? I couldn't tell you what the best movie was this year. I don't even remember what came out this year, to be honest. But that's besides the point. Listen, man, it's the last last show of, uh, what was it, 2021? Yeah, see, I was about to say 2020. <laughs> it's all been, these last two years have been just one big giant mess for me. But anyway, we got a good one for today. Listen, I'd like to welcome back Cyber Family. Thanks for coming back. If this is your first time, welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. Got a good show planned for you today. Listen, I've been flirting since I can remember. I've been teasing probably since day one. Been teasing this whole uh, giving you the list of, of of my top quarterbacks in the NFL. And I got to tell you, man, going into this week, this was the week I was going to do it. <laughs> I was going to finish out the year with my uh, my top top quarterbacks in the NFL list. But I did look. Last week was Christmas, between work, holiday plans, you know, all that stuff. It just, I didn't, you know, I didn't really have the time to sit down. Because, listen, I don't want to give you a list. And then right after I say it, I'm like, I I would change this, I would change that. Because then, you know, people are going to be debating my list. But if it's not a real accurate, well-thought-out, well-crafted list, then it's like, I'm going to be judged on something that's not 100% accurate to how I feel. So I said, you know, let me take my time. So maybe first show of the new year. <laughs> that's what we'll do. But with that being said, I did kind of look up on ESPN and uh, just browsing through, seeing what's going on in the world. I found uh, Mike Tannenbaum's current quarterback rankings. And I said, oh, wow. Let me look at that. And see what that says and see if there's anything that stands out to me that I can kind of challenge. Because, look, let's be honest. I kind of go against the status quo, right? Like, my opinions and beliefs and ideas kind of conflict with whatever popular opinion is, right? I told you, I'm a natural contrarian. If everyone says this guy's great, I'm going to go into it looking to see if I can find some holes. That's just who I am, okay? But if he's good, I'm going to say, yo, he's good. And then there's going to be other guys, if they say this guy's trash, I'm going to look at him and say, hey, what? What in there can be salvaged, right? Is there a diamond in the rough here? That's just how I am. And if he's trash, I'll tell you, he's actually trash, okay? Now, there's been a couple guys that everyone said, hey, he might not be that. And I was like, no, no, he is, he is. And I caped for him, and then it failed, but whatever. So looking at this list, obviously you have Aaron Rodgers, number one, Patrick Mahomes, number two, Tom Brady, number three. Okay, cool. Then you have Josh Allen, number four. To be completely honest with you, Josh Allen's a tough one for me. Because I've seen him play great, seen him play poor, seen him play average. He's kind of, I don't know if he's got that consistency yet for me. 
But then at five, you got Joe Burrow. Now look, 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 look. Anyone who knows me knows I love Joe Burrow. I was championing, 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 championing. You know what? (laughs) I was caping for Joe Burrow back when he was at Ohio State still. When he was only getting play in the spring games and was throwing deep balls. Don't believe me? Look it up on YouTube. You can watch the spring game. Right? From his time there. And he was so, he threw it so effortlessly, so perfect. The timing was great on the deep route. And I said, yo, this guy could play. But, you know, they had so many quarterbacks and guys that probably fit, you know, Meyer system a little better. So he ended up transferring. And I told you, I was like, I was completely sold. Like, this is the guy going forward no matter where he goes. In that bowl game, his first year at LSU against, I believe it was UCF, when he got clocked. He threw a pick in the red zone, was chasing the guy, got blindside blocked, boom, leveled, in pain. Guy standing over him talking trash. He got right back up, came out, proceeded to torch them the rest of the game and talk trash back. And that's when I said, that guy, that's the guy. That's the franchise. That's a franchise quarterback right there. Then the next year, of course, he went out and had that insane Heisman season, set the record for most touchdown passes, had just unbelievable stats, and then shot up from like a six-round pick to number one overall. But in that bowl game, after that hit and the way he responded and came back, and not only the way he played when he came back, but the way he trash-talked when he came back, right? That said to me, this guy's got it. So I didn't need that Heisman season for me to say he should be the number one pick. He was the best quarterback coming out in that draft, and I still, I still hold true to that. He had an amazing day Sunday. And again, take that amazing day away. My feelings didn't change. I didn't gain anything for him. And I never lost anything for him when he was playing, kind of having some struggles. He's still young. Two years in, got hurt last year, tore his ACL. So look, still young. But he's got it. That guy's got it. He's going to be top five in the NFL very soon. Now, right now, they got him ranked at five, but this is one of those week-to-week things. I'm talking about consistently this guy, top five-level quarterback. You know what I mean? He's going to be there. Right behind him at six, according to this list, is Justin Herbert. I agree, except Justin Herbert's number one. Okay? Now, look. Aaron Rodgers. My list would always consist of the biggest question is, if you're starting a franchise right now, who do you want? And I think I would take Justin Herbert over everybody just based on talent and ability alone. Okay? It would be between him and Joe Burrow, to be quite honest, who I would think one and two is. Right? Joe Burrow might edge him out because of the intangibles, but Justin Herbert. Physical gifts? Oh, my God. Got all the tools. They got Dak Prescott at eight? Nah. Nah. I'm sorry. Dak Prescott's not a top ten quarterback in the NFL. I don't think so. I think you could pick. I think you could find 10 guys you would take over Dak Prescott. That's what I think. I mean, that's that's my quarterback. <laughs> quarterback of the Cowboys. Like, that's my squad. I think they got a great chance to win a Super Bowl. We'll talk about them in a minute. But, like, I still wouldn't put Dak in the top 10. I think he's a guy who needs a lot around him to be right. In order for him to be right, that's not a guy I will put top 10. They got Derek Carr at number 11. It's, you know, I, feel, I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's me, if it's the people I'm following or the people I'm interacting with on social media, but I feel like Derek Carr is like the hot topic this year. Like the debate over Derek Carr seems to be 
everywhere. Let me tell you how I feel about Derek Carr. Number 11th, between 11 and 14 is probably where I would have him. When I sit down and do my list, I promise I'm going to do it. When I sit down and really do my list and really think about it and, and plot it out, I would say he'd probably be in that 11 to 14 range. Now, look, the top five are going to be guys, put them anywhere, they're going to be great. They're going to elevate a franchise. I don't necessarily think Derek Carr elevates the franchise. Right? He's not going to take bad players and get them to perform at a high level. He might be able to take you from an 8 to a 6. He can't take you from an 8 to a 4. Make sense? So that's why I will put him a little lower. Talent-wise, he's got talent. Definitely got skill. Definitely has intangibles. Definitely a good dude, good leadership, all of that stuff. He's a good quarterback. That's that's not a, They're not a team in need of a quarterback. Right when we start getting into the draft stuff after uh, after the bowl season and we get definitive answers on who's declaring, who's coming out, who's not, then we'll start to really dig into the draft stuff and we'll start going over team needs. You know what I mean? The Raiders don't need a quarterback. That's they don't need that. You don't get rid of Derek Carr. You keep him and you move forward. You've already paid him. You got him locked up for the next couple of years. You keep him. Right? You don't try. The grass isn't always greener. That's not a guy you think I'm going to move on and get somebody better. Nah, 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 nah. But 11 to 14 is not disrespectful. You know what is disrespectful? You know what's real disrespectful? Having Jared Goff at 35. <laughs> Look, man, I don't care. They put Cam Newton 10 spots ahead of Jared Goff. Tim Boyle's ahead of Jared Goff. Drew Locke. Nick Foles, who played like a game. Right? Tyler Huntley. Taylor Heineke. Taysom Hill. Zach Wilson. These guys are not better than (laughs) Jared Goff. The disrespect is outrageous. Listen, I don't even love Jared Goff that much. Like, you guys got to understand, I don't love him that much. Right? Like, I'm not sitting there saying, yo, this guy's great. This guy's top 10. This guy's, oh my God. No. But he is a franchise quarterback. He is good enough to lead your franchise to a championship. I do believe that. But he's not 35th of all the, of 41, 35 out of 41 quarterbacks. You mean to tell me if you have a game, you're starting a franchise, you're taking Taylor Heineke over Jared Goff? You're taking Nick Foles over Jared Goff? Honestly. And that's where I feel like perspective is everything. I feel like whenever people talk about who's the best quarterback, they're only thinking about it of who's played the best last week. Right? No. The best quarterback means who are you starting your franchise with? The season starting now, you have a team. They assigned you, hey, you get the Colts. Take your pick. Any quarterback in the league, who are you taking? Right? You're not going to take Taylor Heineke over Jared Goff. You wouldn't take Nick Foles over Jared Goff. You wouldn't even, you might not even take Justin Fields over Jared Goff. And I love Justin Fields. But right now, you might say, I'll go with the short thing. Like, like 35, that's just disrespectful. So now I have to come in and I have to make it seem as if I'm over the moon for this guy. And it's like, no, I just think he's a really good player. I don't think he's great. I don't think he'll end up in the Hall of Fame, but yeah, I was going to throw out Donovan McNabb. 
and say that that's a guy that's like, yo, he wasn't great, but look, he got the job done, right? That's why I would put Jared Goff on that level. Like, he's never going to be elite. He's never going to be one of the, he's never going to be premier best in the league, but he's more than capable of getting the job done. You can do a lot worse than Jared Goff, and I think the disrespect is just a little out of hand. Speaking of disrespect, let's let's touch on. Uh, you know what? No, 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 no. We'll hold off on that. We'll hold off on the Cowboys' beatdown of Washington. Um, the reason why I'm I'm so hell bent on getting together my list of quarterbacks. The reason why I keep talking about it is because it's draft time. Draft season's coming up very quickly. If you're like me, if you love the NFL draft, if you love the idea of building a roster, free agency, all that stuff. I love all of that. When I played Madden, I used to skip the entire season just to get to the offseason to do the front office stuff. That, that For me, that was my favorite part. I loved doing all the deals. I would go ahead. I would sign the top free agent. Here's what I would do. <laughs> I would sign the top free agent. Whatever money they wanted, and then immediately trade them for a draft pick. That was my strategy. It worked out too. That's pretty good. Anyway, so because of that, obviously quarterback becomes like everyone starts thinking, what quarterback's gonna get drafted? Who needs a quarterback? Which one is quarterbacks are always like the high value ticket item every year. And I gotta say, man, this draft class for quarterbacks is garbage. It's bad. It's really bad. I'm going to go as far as to say I don't think there's a single starting quarterback in this draft. I don't. I don't. It it gets real bad real quick. Right? Like Matt Carroll out of Mississippi. I'm telling you right now, I've watched some film on him. I've kind of done some assessment. I'm not ready to give my final grade yet. But Jimmy Garoppolo, that's what he is. He's a Jimmy Garoppolo type. If everything is good, if everything around him is perfect and set up well, he could be successful. But he he likes to get rid of the ball quick. He likes everything to be in rhythm. Get him out of rhythm, and he can't do much. He's not good on the fly. He's not good on the move. He's not good in, in chaos. He needs everything to be structured. Timing offense needs to be set up perfect in order for him to be successful at all. And not even to be elite, but just to be successful. He needs everything around him to be perfect. That's To me, that's not a guy you draft in the first round. He's not a special. He has no special qualities. And you better be a franchise that's set up really well for him. And then maybe you can get a starter out of him. Sam Howell out of North Carolina. Do I have to tell you? Do I have to say it again? The guy is boo-boo. He's booty cheeks. I'll tell you what, he came into this year with all eyes on him like he was going to be the top quarterback coming out. It was his year. Go in there and play, perform. He's been awful. Awful. Not like bad, not like, oh, he's kind of pressing. No, he's just been awful. He's been so bad that it's like, don't even draft this guy. Clearly can't handle the pressure. And then they'll, make, they'll say like, oh, he's lost some guys and you know his top receivers went on to the NFL. Fine. What's going to happen when you put him on an NFL franchise and, and, and receivers go to free agency? He's allowed to just fall apart and we're going to forgive him? Like, oh, you know, he lost his top receiver. No, it happens all the time to everybody. Get over it. You still got to deliver the ball. Doesn't matter who's out there. Deliver the ball. 
If the guys are dropping it, fine. If you're sailing it over their head, that ain't got nothing to do with the receiver. You're off. He's boo-boo. Kenny Pickett. People love Kenny Pickett. It's, oh, God. The best of the bunch. He might be the best of the bu- guys. Kenny Pickett in any other draft is uh, fourth, fifth round maybe. A guy that you would take and say, oh, we like his intangibles, his toughness. He's a gamer, which is a nice way of saying he ain't very good, but he could do worse. <laughs> Listen, Kenny Pickett, I love Kenny Pickett's attitude, but skill-wise, this guy's not a starter in the NFL. I told you, I compared him a lot to Taysom Hill, which is a guy who can kind of come in and you see flashes every once in a while, but consistently not going to be able to hold up. Not going to be able to consistently drop back. Malik Willis, come on, guys. Again, another guy who's benefiting from the fact that the QB class is so trash. This guy in any other draft is not even considered anything. They're undrafted. Carson Strong out of Nevada. Now this one, this guy. Interesting. Uh, Because he seems like he might be one of those guys who has the physical tools. Now, again, I haven't gone through everybody in as much detail as I will. Once we get the time comes and draft starts coming up, I promise you, I'm going to get into detail. I'm going to have full-on scouting reports and everything. I'm going to let you guys know deep how I feel. This guy might be the one that I look at and say, all right, he might. Ha- there might be something there. Now, not in the first round, maybe not even the second round, but he might be one of those guys that could work his way up to being a starter. He's the one I'm most interested in really, you know, and looking into a little deeper. And Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Not a fan. Have seen nothing that makes me feel like this guy. Like, inconsistent doesn't even begin to explain it. I think that's a guy who's benefiting from the success of the team. But, I mean, I'm not going to give it away. But based on what might happen this weekend in the college football playoff, I think he might drop off the radar. And then that's where it turns into Caleb Ellaby from Western Michigan, Bailey Zap, Zappy from Western Kentucky. And then you got a bunch of guys you just never heard of or you just know, like, yo, Brock Purdy from Iowa State. Bro, nah, nah, you probably won't get drafted. And if you do, it'll you'll probably be a third-string guy, practice squad guy, someone, just an arm, you know? So, honestly, man, the, the draft class is weak. So if you're one of those teams in a position where you got a quarterback, I think you gotta you gotta stick with what you got. So if you're the Raiders, Raiders fans talking about, oh, we need a quarterback, we need a quarterback. Well, who are you getting? Who are you gonna draft that you think right now comes in and, and is better than Derek Carr right now? And of these quarterbacks coming out, who do you think is gonna be better than Derek Carr for the next five years? None of them are going to be graded as high as Derek Carr was graded coming out in the draft. So the crazy thing is you have Derek Carr, right? But if Derek Carr was coming out in this year's draft, that's the guy you would want. I'm just saying. I think perspective is important. You might want Aaron Rodgers, but there's only one. You might want Tom Brady. There's only one. There's only three guys at the top. It was always Brady, Breeze, and Rodgers, right? Now it's... Now it's uh, Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes. And then after that, it's a bunch of guys that everyone's going to debate over. Even Russell Wilson is kind of, people are taking a step back like, well, maybe, I don't know. You know what I mean? 
So if you're the Raiders, you got a good one. You got a good one. I think you need to hold on to that. Uh, and I think you need to, you know, realize you got a good one and you need to keep them and you need to just build around them. The rest, I'm not going to get into it. When we get into the draft, we'll really start to argue and get into the real deets. That's right. I said deets. <laughs> we'll get into the deets of everything. But I want to move on. I want to move on to uh, to the Cowboys demolition of, of Washington, Washington football team. Now, look. It's a good and bad scenario, and I don't want to be a wet blanket. Wet blanket season was was before. It's a couple weeks ago. But here's what I'll say. I'm excited about the Cowboys' success, but I'm also aware of what it is. The Cowboys look their best against bad teams. That's just what it is. Look, they won 56 to 14, and you're like, oh my God, you don't see that in the NFL every day. No, and look who they played. They played Washington, who's awful, who's garbage. Taylor Heineke is trash. And you can keep saying, oh, look, he's a gamer. He's a tough guy. He's got the intangibles. You you want him in your foxhole? Yeah, I don't want him leading my football team. Get out of here. He's garbage. They beat up on Taysom Hill. Don't care. Like, they're beating bad quarterbacks. Do I think they're going to do that and dominate Aaron Rodgers that way? I don't think so. Do I think they're going to dominate Arizona that way? I don't think so. Do I think they would dominate the Rams and Matt Stafford that way? I don't think so. So if you want to talk about this defense is great. They're great. They're so great. Wait till they play a team that actually has weapons they have to be concerned about. Who does Washington have? They have Terry McLaurin. Love him. Great receiver. That's one. They got no other weapon. They got no running game to speak of that you're worried about that you have to look after. It's straight up. We can double team your best guy and that's it. And even if we don't, your quarterback can't handle the pressure and deliver the throw. That's easy. You saw it. There was no doubt. There wasn't no challenge there. So we need to be, we need the Cowboys fans need to slow up, chill out. Because all that's happening is the media is getting exactly what they want. The hype for the Cowboys is all-time high. Sky high. Sky high for the Cowboys. And then when if they go in the playoffs and they end up faltering and they lose, then it's laugh in your face, Cowboys being the Cowboys. Well, I'm not going to do it this year. I'm not doing it to myself. I'm not getting myself all hyped up thinking that, yeah, this is it. We're for sure going to the Super Bowl. We're definitely winning the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'm not making that mistake. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm tempering my expectations. I'm keeping it real cool. But I like what I see in terms of them making plays. I like what I see in terms of the defensive line getting pressure. Now, I think that can happen to anybody. It's just a matter of... Aaron Rodgers getting pressured versus Taylor Heineke getting pressured. There's a difference. Even Kyler Murray has the ability to take off. And that's going to cause a different wrinkle that you have to be aware of, which is going to affect you being able to just chase after the quarterback. you got to be mindful of that. Your angles have to be on point. You know what I'm saying? There's a, little, there's a difference there. 
better quarterback is going to be able to handle your pressure. That's just what it is. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, let's get into uh, let's get into the bowl, Rose Bowl. That's right, Rose Bowl coming up. The Ohio State University playing in the Rose Bowl. I gotta tell you, man, uh, guys are opting out. Uh, the most notable ones for me, Haskell Garrett, defensive tackle, who I love in the upcoming draft. I think that's the guy you might pick up uh, third or fourth round. I think that's going to be a steal. It's going to be a steal. This guy got shot in the face, came back a few weeks later, and is a dominant force. You know what I mean? That's the kind, That's the guy I need. A guy that gets shot in the face and decides, I need to play football. I'll come back. Like, What? Let me tell you something. If I get shot in my face, I'm not doing nothing anymore. I'm done. You think I'm recording this show? Nah, I'm out. I'm not doing that. I just got shot in the face, bro. I'm not thinking about nothing else. I'm shutting it down. I'm staying in the house. This guy fought to come back and play. And played well. Right? You got Garrett Wilson. Oh, man. This guy's the top receiver coming out, in my opinion. If you can get that guy, that's the guy you want. And then Chris Olave came out. And uh, he also stepped out, bowed out of the game. They're entering the draft. They decided, you know what? We're not going to risk getting injured in this game. And initially, my thought is, man, that sucks. For number one, you guys lost to Michigan, which means your last game in college is a loss. And not only a loss, but a loss to your bitter rival. How do you move on from that? And then I quickly thought, what? Like, no, they don't care. (laughs) Like, he's going to go to the NFL. He's 20 years old. Like, he's not worried about, oh, my last college game was a loss. Like, who cares? You're going to move on and have the rest of your life. Nobody thinking about that. That's stupid. Then I started thinking, ah, but it does also suck because it's Ohio State and you want to go out and finish the year and win the Rose Bowl with your teammates and your guys. And then I realized, you know what? The players probably understand. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just being old. I'm just being an old fuddy-duddy who's like, nah, you got to finish out. You got to finish strong. Like, no, it's not about that. These bowl games are are money makers. They're for the money. There's no other reason to have this many bowl games. It's just to make revenue for the schools, for the TV networks, for the sponsors, all of that. It's just a money-making machine. And you put these kids out there and you say, hey, extra money for us. So if a player decides I'm not going to risk my health for that, I, I have my entire future. My entire family's future in my hands. I'm not going to risk it for the Gator Bowl. You know what I mean? The Tax Slayers Money Bowl. (laughs) You know what I mean? I get it. Even the Rose Bowl, as prestigious as it is, it's still like, yeah, but whether Ohio State wins or loses, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, as a fan, like, do I want them to win? Sure. But if they lose, like, what does it mean? It's not a national championship. You know what I mean? You're not the best in college football. So it's like, eh. Maybe you'll end up fifth ranked, sixth ranked. Like if you win, like it, it's really not that big a deal. It's going to be fun to watch because it's the last college football game of the year as a fan for your team. So it's like, all right, this is my last chance to see this iteration of the Buckeyes and the next year it's something new. But outside of that, it doesn't matter. So I get these guys saying, look, in the big picture, it's, it's better for me to do this because they've already given so much to the school. They've committed every week. 
They've done everything they had to do for the team. They've played in previous bowl games. They played in national championships. They've done everything. If this last game that doesn't represent much, they're like, you know what? I got to look out for me this time. I'm fine with that. Plus, it gives us fans an opportunity to see some of the young receivers and see what it might look like next year. I'm excited about that. If they come out there and they perform and they look great, you're very excited about next year. And if they come out and they don't look good and they struggle on offense and the receivers aren't really getting open, then you got a lot to talk about in the offseason. And that's fun, too. But my pick, uh, I think it's ugly. I think Utah has to muck it up a little bit. They're more of a tough physical team, less explosive, more of a grinder type team. I think Ohio State is coming in, like I said, with a bunch of new receivers they're working with. Uh, and I think it's going to be dirty early. It's going to look ugly. And then it's quickly going to turn into Ohio State kind of pulling away. I think athletes are going to end up taking over one or two plays here or there. They end up winning comfortably, but it'll be ugly. It won't be the most exciting thing in the world. Right? And now I want to move on to the actual major bowls. The big ones. Um, let me start with Alabama, Cincinnati. I told you I'm a natural contrarian. So every part of my being wants to say Cincinnati's going to pull off the upset. And they're going to beat Alabama. And they're going to prove that they belong. And oh my God, what an upset. But the truth is. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how they they could win. Right? Because look, in college football, college football is one of those sports where it's not the NFL. NFL is best of the best, right? So your team might be bad, but you still have some of the best football players in the world. In college, it is based on talent. Because you have to recruit them. They have to choose to go to your program. Alabama has such incredible talent at every position. Five stars everywhere. Four stars everywhere. Cincinnati's not recruiting on that level. So they have to play a certain way. They have no room for error. Alabama can make mistakes in the three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, put up 35 points. They have the athlete and the talents to do that. So, right off the bat, Cincinnati has to play near perfect. Well, that's going to be hard to do. Because not only have you not played in over a month, but now, like, the expectation is really high. Uh, The pressure is going to be high. You're going to be nervous. The other team is, like, they come in with this aura of, we're Alabama. They're going to get off the bus bigger, faster, stronger. And you're going to have to kind of adjust to that early. They got the Heisman winner at quarterback. You're going to have to adjust to that early. And within that, you can't give up points. So they can't. you can't have Alabama go up 14-0 in the first quarter and think, all right, we're starting to get back into it. Let's get back into it. It's too late. You're going to start pressing, and then you're already behind. And that's what Alabama does. They get up on you. You start pressing because, oh, my God, it's Alabama. And now you start getting out of character. You start making more mistakes. They just keep capitalizing and capitalizing and capitalizing. Desmond Ritter, I don't think, is good enough to consistently beat Alabama. 
I don't think play after play he can consistently stay composed and focused to do that. I don't. I don't think Cincinnati has not faced a team anywhere near the talent of Alabama. Now, I hate Alabama. I will be rooting for Cincinnati in that game. Please believe me. I hope that I'm wrong. I just see this being a lot like when they played Michigan State and they blew them out 31-0. There's a reason why they're making this the early game at 3.30. Because they don't want this to be the last game that comes on at night and this is how you end your night with a blowout. They're like, this game's not going to be competitive. Put it on early. At least we can kind of wash over it when the next game comes on. That game's going to be competitive. But... I have something to say to that, too. But Cincinnati's going to have to play perfect. They're going to have to pull out some trick plays. They're going to have to try to confuse Alabama, and I just don't think they can. I think from coaching, quarterback, both lines, offense and defense, skill players, I think everything favors Alabama. So unless you're going to play the perfect game and everyone play out of their mind for the entire time, you're screwed. <laughs> I see this game as a big blowout for Alabama. I don't see it being close. I don't think it's close for very long. I think maybe it's a one, two score game for half a quarter, maybe the first quarter. And then it's quickly going to be evident that they just Cincinnati can't keep up with the horses. Now, switching over to the other game. Georgia versus Michigan. I have a lot of thoughts on this game. And I, I, I kind of want to say disqualify me because I'm an Ohio State fan. Obviously, I have a bias against Michigan. But I've told you a million times, when Michigan's not playing Ohio State, I kind of don't even care about them. Like, don't get me wrong. I hate them. I'm never rooting for them. But I'm also able to be objective, right? I'm, I'm turning 35 years old. I'm not 14 and think that I can't give credit to a team I hate. I can. I can say that they do some things well. For example, their offensive line, legit. Their running game, legit. Travels. They're going to have some success on the ground against Georgia. Right? They're going to have some success. Here's what I also will say. Michigan's not as good as they're being advertised. If they lose to Ohio State, right? If they lose in that game, guys, Are you thinking that Michigan deserved to get into the playoff? Are you fighting for them? Do you think, would you have argued that they should have got in over Cincinnati? No, they would be out of sight, out of mind. Nobody would care. But because they beat Ohio State, they immediately vaulted into, oh my God, did you see what they did? That was a one score game. And with a little under two minutes left, Ohio State let them score. So that they could have the best chance to get the ball back and maybe try to go down and score twice. It was the only hope they have. If we try to keep them out of the end zone, they're going to grind it. Even if we do, we're going to get the ball back with no time. Let them score. And they did. And that's how they got to the 40-point mark. But that was a one-score game. They were one or two plays in that game away from losing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, that game wasn't a dominant performance as if in all aspects of the game, they dominated. No, they didn't. They didn't. Right? And they were home. And they were playing against a team that they had lost to for the last eight, nine years. 
It was their every, their Super Bowl. I promise you, they're not going to be as geared and as amped up for the Georgia game as they were for Ohio State. They they played as well as they can play against Ohio State. That's the best they can do. That was their everything. That was their haymaker punch. Right? Now they're going to have to replicate that against Georgia, a team who defensively is better than Ohio State. There's no way around it. Now Georgia, now now the thing is, Georgia is coming off the Alabama game where they got torched and the defense said, "Well, maybe their defense isn't that good." Or maybe their defense had a bad day. Maybe Alabama had a great game plan. Maybe they saw something they could execute on. Guess what Michigan isn't going to do? They're not going to throw all over Georgia. They don't have the weapons. Did they throw all over Ohio State? Nope. They ran the ball, and they had success, and they continued to run the ball. Well, they're not going to have that success against Georgia running the ball. It's not going to be like that. They're not, 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 not. They're not doing that. That I could promise you. So now you say, all right, so now we're going to force you to kind of throw the ball. Everyone knows. Georgia's already planning. Stop the run. Force them to beat us with the pass. They don't have the athletes on the outside to do it. Cade McNamara, listen, the conversation is all about all oh, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, you can't win a championship with him. They're not going to beat Michigan with him. I'm sorry, what? Look at the comparison. So Bennett, for Georgia, has thrown for 2,325 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 7 picks. And you would say, you can't win with him. He's completed 148 out of 231 passes. Right? Okay, well, Cade McNamara has completed 199 passes, thrown 308. Right? He only has 2,470 yards. That's less than 100 yards more than Stetson Bennett. And he's only got 15 touchdowns and four picks. So if you're talking about quarterback comparison, why is Cade McNamara considered somebody, well, they could win the championship. Michigan can win the championship because they run the ball? Well, I got news for you. The SEC, they're known for running the ball, right? So Georgia goes against running teams all the time. Alabama goes against running teams all the time. You know your best chance against those teams? To be able to throw the ball. SEC is full of defensive linemen. That's what they do. Defensive front seven, SEC's got it locked up. You want corners? Maybe go to the Pac-12 or you go to the Big Ten or you go to the Big 12. You want the hogs? You want the big boys? Offense and defensive line? SEC's where you're going to find them. You got Jordan Davis in the middle for Georgia who's 380 pounds. Bro, good luck. Michigan's never seen a guy that big, that strong, that athletic. They didn't see it. This is going to be the best front seven that they'll play all year, by far. But you think Stetson Bennett for Georgia is the problem. They can't win a championship with him. But, like, Dan Orlovsky's going to say that Michigan's going to win the whole thing. They're as hot as anybody. No, they're not. They played a really good game with a good game plan against Ohio State, and they won. And you think that that means that they could beat everybody? Did you not see them play this year? Did you not see them struggle against Rutgers? Did you not see them fumble the ball against Michigan State? Did you not see them have issues with Penn State? Like, did you not see these games? 
All of a sudden, you want to make it seem like, oh, this team's really good. Oh, this team. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> I'm not even hating. I'm giving them credit. They do one thing well. They, they run the ball well. Well, if you're going up against a team that does well against the run, strength on strength, who's going to give? That's what it comes down to. I don't think your quarterback, Cade McNamara, is capable of getting it done. Don't. And if you're asking me if you're taking picking between the two quarterbacks in this game, I'm taking Stetson Bennett all day. Cade McNamara? No, don't even. Don't even. Come on, their top receiver has three receiving touchdowns, bro, for Michigan. Come on, man. Stop playing with me. It's not that type of party. I think it's I I think it's it's really purely a matter of hey what you last saw from Michigan was oh what a win for Michigan what a win for the program and in reality it's like yeah but like that doesn't that was a win for the program now moving forward like what does that mean now look their defensive line is good too don't get it twisted they're gonna put some pressure on Bennett oh yeah he gonna be he gonna have to make some moves but I think that game against Alabama was a really good lesson. I do. I think he learned something in that game. I think that, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to come back a lot stronger after that. I think that was a learning experience. I think that was good for him. And I think instead of looking at it like, oh, he was exposed, look at it like, yo, he was exposed. And now he knows against this team to prepare and study, and he's going to be ready for that because this team is coming in with the reputation of we get after the quarterback. So they're going to scheme it up. They're going to protect him. They're going to do all types of things. Like They're going to have a game plan set specifically for them. I just think people are falling too much in love with Michigan, and I think this game, a lot like the Rose Bowl, I think it'll be close for a little bit, and then I think by mid-second quarter, early third quarter, Georgia's going to start to pull away. And they're gonna start to show. This is what it is different levels. You're not on this level, and I think they're gonna do a lot of what I thought Ohio State was gonna be able to do against Michigan, which is take over and fairly dominate. That's what I think. So I think the national championship is gonna end up being Alabama versus Georgia, and I think Georgia wins the rematch. That's what I think. That's that's my pick. That's my pick. Yep. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think today's going to be a pretty quick one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. All right, that's my time, y'all. I ain't going to hold you too long. Look, it's, it's, it's New Year's, right? Y'all got things to do. Y'all want to go celebrate. And if you've already celebrated because you're listening to this after New Year's, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. Go get some rest. You probably need it. Here are some predictions. Let's start with college football. Of course, I already picked Alabama to beat Cincinnati. Uh, Georgia to beat Michigan. Uh, ooh, I like Oklahoma State to beat up on Notre Dame. Ohio State obviously beats Utah. I'll take Baylor to beat Ole Miss. Uh, and whew, I'm taking... Hmm, I'm going to take Oklahoma to beat Oregon. Right? In the NFL. Ah, that's trash. Oh, Bengals Chiefs. Listen, 
I think uh, Joe Burrow it capitalizes off that big last week. I think he comes out gets another win against the Chiefs. I think that puts him on the radar as being in that top five discussion. Uh, ooh. Um, ooh, the Ravens and the Rams. Yikes. Uh, my head says pick the Ravens. <laughs> Just because I'm rooting against the Rams. Um, I'll take the Ravens to beat the Rams. What the hey? You know? Uh, Cowboys Cardinals. I'm picking the Cowboys to beat the Cardinals, but it's close. It's close. Maybe, maybe Cowboys get a little, maybe the defense comes a little bit down to earth. Anyway, that's my time. Listen, I want to thank all y'all for joining me on this journey. Uh, college football season's almost over. NFL season's winding down. Getting ready to start the playoffs in a couple weeks. We started week one. So listen, man, this has been amazing. I want to thank each and every one of y'all who have tuned in. If you tuned in once, thank you. If you tuned in every week, oh my gosh, thank you. Listen, we're entering into the new year. We're going to start expanding things. Start growing this a little bit. I know I've been talking a lot about merch, a lot about video formats, all that stuff. Listen, 2022 is going to be a big, big deal. I started this on a whim. Just with the, hey, let me start it. You know what I mean? I've had so much fun doing it. I'm learning each and every week, each and every episode, each and every day. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. I feel like it's getting better and better. I feel like I'm getting better and better, more and more comfortable. And as we begin to expand this thing, I want to I thank each and every member of the Cyber family. Listen, we're going to set up a Discord. Look, I'm not even going to get into it. We got a lot of stuff coming. So enjoy your New Year's celebrations. Be safe. Be careful. And as you enter into the new year, let's all go in with a bunch of positivity, great attitudes, hope, faith, love, my friends. I will see you guys next week and next year.